Hi, welcome to Sweetman Podcast. I'm Simon Sweetman. I'm your host. And this is episode 98. I had a chat with Yvonne Lorcan. She's a, a wine enthusiast, a connoisseur, a wine writer, um, a judge of awards, and um, a, a wine taster, uh, an expert. She's also um, she's got a subscription model called Wine Friend, where she'll personally select uh, wine that she knows is good for individual tastes. So you can sign up for that, and she'll choose the wine that that you get to drink, and she'll provide tasting notes and and gets into a dialogue with people. You can you can explain what you do and don't like about particular things she chooses and it's constantly being modified for individuals. So it's not like a package thing that's sent out to everyone. She gets to know your tastes and and she does the, t- the tasting and the selecting for you. So uh, I, I, had, I didn't really know Yvonne. We knew each other online, but um, I wanted to meet her and talk to her and we'd been talking about doing this podcast for a wee while. Um, she's based in Hawke's Bay. I was up there over Christmas, so... I went to her house and met her and we had a chat, started off, we talked um, talked about Hastings and Hawke's Bay and got nostalgic about our uh, our upbringings um, and, and, and the sort of comparisons about that and then we got into to all things wine and, and a lot of talk about writing and you know crit- the criticism that comes from putting opinions out there and some of that sort of stuff that I'm kind of vaguely aware of that, that she is as well. So yeah we had a good old chat. Lots of talk about booze, but uh, but lots of talk about um, I guess um, how she's found herself, you know, how she's found her way to, to making this work. She's had a lot of different um, jobs over the years, and they've all kind of dovetailed um, experience in marketing and hospitality, experience in the sort of the retail side of things, and then obviously experience as a as a critic and a and a, and a writer and an enthusiast, and then bringing all of that together to package up into this. Um, brand that she's created where where she's an expert on on all things wine so yeah I really enjoyed getting to getting to meet her through this conversation and I found it a really really interesting chat to have and um, I hope you enjoy hearing it too so um, thanks as always to, to uh, our sponsors Yeasty Boys, Le Petit Chocolat and Tea Leaf Tea and um, this is the last conversation I recorded in 2017 and one of the first that you'll hear in 2018 this is me talking with Yvonne Lorcan. So I'm thinking like a good place to start might be talking about how you made headlines a couple of years ago for insuring your taste buds for a million dollars. That's right. Um, do you want to tell me about that and then we'll work backwards from there? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I just feel like that's a good place to start because that's you know I, I know it's yeah. been covered. There were yeah. people, you know yeah. I read about it, but um, I feel like that's quite a a good starting point sure yeah no um so that how does one go and do how does one go and do it well actually it was quite it was it was quite a tricky thing because no no insurer in new zealand Mm. would touch it they it was Mm. quite a foreign idea to them the reason Mm. that we did it um obviously the main reason is um my sense of smell and taste um, the, the, the old, my olfactory system, mm. I guess, if you will. That's this is my, mm. um, this is how I that you've developed. Yeah, that's how I earn a living. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. And yeah. it's um, so if it's taken from if, you, if something happens and it's taken from me, power. that's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. After I don't know, retrain or something. something but then, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I'd have to retrain. Um, yeah. So when we were setting up, um, or when we launched Wine Friend, mm. um, every single wine that we um, that we send out to our subscribers is a wine that I personally 
um, really, really enjoy. Mm-hmm. I've tasted it. I'm, I'm know onto it. it yeah. And I think to, and whenever I'm tasting a wine, I'm thinking about the kind of human that's going to enjoy that mm-hmm. and the, and the, and the things that they eat and the, and you know, the different mm. things that they're going to like. So it's really important for me to be able to, um, you know, to, to, to be able to taste wine and a lot of wine mm. and choose and taste all the individual. The things that go with it. Yeah, yeah. Things that go with it. So um, my sense of smell and taste is really, really important and mm. that and our business relies on it. Mm. We don't we can't have wine friend without mm. being able to do that. So mm. um, so that was that was one reason. The other thing was we um, we were also very much like we um, we had no money and we needed to do some marketing, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. we needed to, we were, when we launched, we, um, we were very reliant on social media and, um, mm. word of mouth and just kind of PR. Mm, grabbing a headline. Yeah, yeah, because we that we became good, a That became a good one. And, and as you say, if no insurer is going to touch it, then you can see why it becomes a headline when That's someone it. finally does. Yeah, 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 yeah. We were like, okay, how much money have we got? Well, we've got... We, you know, we haven't got enough money to do a radio campaign. We mm. haven't got enough money to do billboards. We haven't got, got a couple of grand. What could a couple of grand buy us? <laughs> and then we were talking about it. And it just kind of happened. And my, my business partner, Debbie, had worked in the wine industry in the UK. And this years ago, a master of wine, uh, who was a, one of the head buyers for a supermarket chain over mm-hmm. there, um, had done something similar and insured her, her taste buds. And... Um, Debbie remembered that and said, "You know what? We could that we've, this. We've got enough to, to buy you the, the premiums for a policy mm. on this. Mm. We could do this." Mm. And then we couldn't find anyone in New Zealand to do it, so we ended up going to Lloyd's of London, and and they did it. And so we, I had to do a whole lot of tests and things. Mm. I had to. Um, uh, we had the world standard um, uh, sense of smell test from um, the University of Pennsylvania was sent over to an ENT specialist here in Hawke's Bay. Mm. And um, it was like a scratch and sniff thing and being able to identify things and um, aromas and... Because and, and, everything's inherently linked. If you can't mm. smell it, you're not going to be able to taste yeah, it. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, so we did that and that was really intense and that was that was filmed mm. um, by, uh, by TV3. And I came out of that pretty good. I think it was something like I got 38 out of 40... And I was I was just distraught that mm. I that I missed two yeah, yeah. smells. I couldn't figure it out. I was like, what? Yeah. But it turned out the two smells. One of them was skunk because mm. it's an American test. Mm. And the other one was um, was root beer, mm. which is kind of sarsaparillary. Yeah, it's and a not weird big floral, here either. Not big That's here. an American thing. So when I found out mm. that that was what the mm. um, what the ones I've missed was, it was, I felt a little bit better about yeah, that. Yeah. So that's that's how that kind of went. And and for me, it's like I'm I'm really 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 conscious all the time now mm. of you know what I'm what I'm exposing myself mm-hmm. to. So mm-hmm. I mean, I've never you know really been a, a smoker or anything like mm. that. I don't enter chili eating contests mm. or I don't you know fire poi eating. Or, I don't yeah know. yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> What, yeah, I was going to say, what are, what are some of the things that can really... Swallowing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so no, I don't do that. And um, yeah, but it, it's just, it's a really important thing because mm. this is my livelihood. Mm. Yeah. So now I want to go all the way back to, yeah. to where you started as a person yeah. and the steps that you go through to, I guess become a wine writer and then and then a, and a, then a wine recommender that ensures their taste buds. Yeah. So you grew up in Central Hawke's Bay and yeah. Hawke's Bay. Yeah, so I was born in Waipukarau mm. and in Waipukarau Hospital, which um, sadly is all 
being demolished mm. now. Um, it was a beautiful building. And I went to school at Takapau Primary. So mm. I started there in 1979 until 85. Mm. And then we moved to Hastings. And went to Hastings Intermediate and then mm. Hastings Girls High School. Yeah. Memories of Central Hawke's Bay or Hawke's Bay at that yeah. time were quite a... Um, it was just the most low incredible... Low-key, slow, happy, oh, yeah. summery, sort of hazy memories, right? Hazy, like, like yeah. in, as only Hawke's Bay summers can hazy, be. Hazy, happy memories. Hazy, happy memories. Yeah. So, you know, um, the local men built us a BMX track yeah. and, um, you know, the, the cross-country was held down at the local golf course and, mm. you know, we just, you're on your bikes everywhere from the I minute feel, you walk up, wake up in the morning till... I, I feel like if we time. had documentary footage uh, I mean there is some but if we had documentary footage of our upbringings and because I grew up in Havoc North in the 80s if we had documentary footage of our upbringings in Hawke's Bay in the 80s and showed it to kids today it would look like the 1950s it would I think um, yeah. and, and, and that's how I sort of and I don't mean that in any way other than an observation yeah. you know I just think like Hawke's Bay in the 80s probably felt like America in the 50s war. Yeah, this lovely little sort of utopian kind mm. of, um, yeah, existence. You know, all that, everything was no happy worries. and bright. There was no, <laughs> no worries. There was no worries. If your parents got laid off, that was the big worry, right? Like yeah. Of, of if they had but to change jobs. But everyone job. was kind of poor. Yeah. That's Do you know what I mean? What? It felt like everyone was on a, a same level. There were no, like, didn't feel like you had the suit. You're probably were some super rich kids at, at schools, but I guess they went to other schools. They went to other schools. You know, yeah. but, but I, I felt like everyone was roughly, no, and no one cared. You didn't no. sort of think, you didn't go to a kid's house and go, oh, that's not as good as my house, no. or that's way better than my house. They were just houses that you played that's at, it. and there was none yep. of that. None of that stuff going no. on. Yeah, yeah. It was like that, and and you know, really sort of outdoorsy. And um, mm. you know, my dad um, drove stock trucks for a, a company called Hawke's Bay Farmers Transport, and so we would often go on the truck with him, mm. myself and my two sisters. And um, you know, we we just saw, you know, amazing parts of the countryside. You know, beautiful farms mm. and just places that you just oh, totally off the beaten track. Mm. You know, that you never see. And and um, I remember that. I just loved. Mm. Um, exploring new things and look and you know there was no there was no health and safety no, no <laughs> yeah. parents weren't worried about yeah. where we were yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. like there was no um, it was just yeah, easy you, just, you came home in time for tea that's it it was, was easy it, yeah, yeah. And it's quite quite idyllic thinking back about that stuff yeah, yeah. Like, and so my mum um, because it was a very small town Takapau was very very small there was not much in the way of employment mm. full stop but you know for, for women um, mm. there wasn't much in the way of um, employment so my mother and a bunch of her mates um, women who all had kids same sort of age they kind of formed this gang of, um, of of workers and they would go out and pick asparagus and pick pumpkins and you know just go onto people's properties and farms mm. and things and just work um, just work so hard and mm. you know carrying babies with them you know the, the children used to just come along and we would just have to play mm. while the mums worked mm. and we'd you know stop and have lunch with them and then back and that was the way the women you know got their money mm. back mm. then because there were no it's not like they could go and get a job in a shop or anything because there were none mm. um but yeah. So the move to Hastings was like moving to the big smoke. It was like moving to the big smoke. And I remember going to my first day at Hastings Intermediate and just being so kind of um, awestruck by the fact that they had a, a thing called a, a tuck shop. Mm. Like they had a shop <laughs> at the school yeah, yeah. where you could buy an ice block. 
you know, yeah. you could buy like a can of drink and, can a, pie. Of drink and a pie, <laughs> you know, and a, or a piece or a yeah. licorice or a yeah, mori, yeah. I don't know, but anything. It just was like, oh my yeah. God, it was the coolest mm. thing mm. ever. Mm. And um, yeah, I just yeah, I have loved ex- it. I, I have that exact memory about transitioning <laughs> to intermediate from primary school that, you know, yeah. there was a shop that was open at lunchtime for one, you know, just at lunchtime and you lined yeah. up and it might take half the lunch hour to line up for an ice block on a hot day, but yeah. man, that was like living. That was the best. <laughs> it was absolutely the best. And you, you know, or you put your school lunch order and like mm. these days, mm. I mean, my kids went to school and um, they went to a school in Christchurch when we were mm. away for a few years and um, recently and you get the lunch order forms and they'd be ordering sushi, mm. um, teriyaki <laughs> chicken, yeah. um, you know, would you L- like gourmet L- pizza? Listing their intolerances. Oh, all of that. <laughs> Whereas we'd front up with a dollar and a you yeah. know pine zap, you know donut and what it was like that was it, you know one fish and a scoop, mm. um, and that would turn up at your school because mm. it's not the done thing. No. And are you good at school? Do you like school? Loved school. Yeah, I just I was one of these kids that you know I it was it gave me happiness and joy. I mm. loved it, mm. and I'm. Which is really funny. Well, not funny, but it's unusual because my husband hated school. Like, he hated it. But I really, I enjoyed school. I was good at school. I um, um, moved up the ranks. I was a year ahead of... Where you were supposed to be? Yeah. Yeah, where I was supposed to be. Um, That's just kind of picked up really early. I just really enjoyed it. And um, I really enjoyed being there as well as the learning side Mm. of it. I just, my schools were places that I felt... um, I mean, my home life was awesome. I had a great family life. But when I was at school, the buildings felt um, felt safe. I felt like my school had my mm. back. Mm. Every school I went to, I felt like my school had my mm. back. Mm. And, um, you know, I had great teachers. I had great mentors. I had, um, in terms of, like, friendships at, at every school that I went to, I, I just kind of used to gravitate between all different groups. Mm. Do you know? Like... Um, yeah, one day I'd be hanging out with the girls that, you know, love doing aerobics and cross country mm, and, mm. you know, all that kind of stuff. And then the next, uh, you know, the next lunchtime I'd be, um, you know, with the with the Māori and Polynesian girls and we'd be there and we'd be singing songs and stuff and inventing mm. dances and things. And then the next day I'd be with the goth kids and then the mm. next day I'd be, it just, I, I loved it. I just liked Mm. Getting to know mm. different kids, and, and and you go the whole way through school, or you don't leave. Yeah, no, I went. I went through. through um, went to seventh form, mm. and um, which is what year thirteen now, and so seventeen years old. Finished seventh form. I was head girl of Hastings Girls High School. Um, got some nice little awards and things, and I'm trying to do this thing where people say you should, you know, you need to. Um, you need to be proud of your achievements. Mm, like I mm. never used to, I would yeah, never bring yeah, that yeah. up in a yeah. sentence. Yeah. Because it's quite weird as a New Zealander to go, I was this or I did that or I was awarded blah. But I'm trying really hard I to occasionally um, be proud of the I things that I did. I sort of feel like um, the longer time goes from school, <laughs> suddenly you're allowed to bring it up yeah. without it feeling like <laughs> feel you're like clinging to it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, I've had a couple of times where I've mentioned, um, Oh, you know, I was in the New Zealand development squad for hockey, and people go, "I didn't even know you played hockey," and they're into it. And then other people are like, "What a dick! Why would you bring Why that up?" And I'm like, "Well, it's not like I, it's not like I'm going to make it now. No. <laughs> I'm not. I'm, it's okay. Like, yeah. there's a statute of limitations. Yeah. You know, like I'm allowed yeah. to bring that up. Like, yeah. um, 
and you know, yeah, I was the same. I'm never particularly proud of it. It was just something that you're in the zone, you're doing it, yeah, and then you're no longer doing it, so it's not relevant to bring it up. But now it's almost kind of funny to go, well, that's that's what, that's that's what where my did. life was, yeah, you know? yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, so I understand that. Yeah. So I'm like, just just, mm, own, just, embrace it. It. just yeah. own it and embrace it. So, um, so I left um, seventh form and and. and I just wanted to get the hell out of Hastings mm. at that time. I, mm. for, you know what it's like when you, you don't actually realise how cool things are until years mm. later and you come mm. back to it. So I um, went down to Christchurch to Canterbury University and... Reason for that? Um, because... Pin and a mat? No, no, actually there, was a, there, were, there were kind of family connections okay. to yeah, Christchurch. Yeah. Um, my father's uh, mother was from there and um, it just, I felt the kind of... I'd never mm. been there really before. Mm. It just the idea of Christchurch just appealed to me, out, yeah. and I loved it. And it was, and I was really into um, at the time, really into like flying nun bands and stuff. And mm. I knew there were great record shops and mm. stuff down there, and 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 there was a good, there, there were good bands. Mm. There, were good, there was good music scene mm. there, and I was really, um, really obsessed with mm. with music um, during my teens. And so I was like, we'll go to Christchurch. And I enrolled in a commerce degree for some stupid reason. I think the guidance counsellor at school said, you know, do business because yeah, yeah. you're good at economics. Or, so, But I, I spent all my spare time over at um, Elam mm. Art School because all I wanted to do was tr- learn how to make films and, t- and TV and mm. things like that. But at the time, you couldn't, you couldn't go into the film and television school there unless you were a fine arts Right, yeah. Graduate, I kind of paint, you know, <laughs> yeah. print make or sculpt or anything like that. I took mm. an art history, you know, for a couple of years, but that's mm. about it. So the, I, I couldn't get in. I couldn't actually get one of the places in the film school there, which mm. is what I desperately wanted. So I lasted a year and year and three months at university and and um, just kind of, I didn't, oh, I dropped out, but I stayed in Christchurch and I waitressed and um, in restaurants during the day, worked in supermarkets in the afternoons, um, worked in a, a nightclub um, on weekends, a place called the Worcester Bar, which was attached to Noah's Hotel, which doesn't exist anymore. Mm. But, but that was great, and that, that was kind of, um, yeah, that was, uh, that's, that, that's a, my thing. Were you a wine drinker then? Well, I, do you know, the funny thing is, is like being... Being in Hawke's Bay, growing up here, I knew wine was a thing. Mm. I knew it was, and I was just kind of interested in it and fascinated by it, like, as a, as a product. And it was but more my, on the verge of really becoming yeah, a thing then. But though, my right? parents, you know, I mean, the most wine we used to mm. see was a cask of, mm. um, <laughs> yeah. you know, cooked chasseur in yeah, the pantry yeah. or in the fridge. Yeah, so yeah. my parents never drank anything, but I knew there were flash wines mm. here. Um, but when... Um, when I went to Christchurch, and the, and the, the interesting thing is that um, when I was working in this nightclub, and it was one night, like really late, like three in the morning or something, and I was cleaning everything up, and back in the days where you could smoke cigarettes in clubs, and it was smoky, and it was horrible and crusty, mm. and the concierge from the hotel came in to the bar um, with a bottle of wine, or half a bottle of wine, and said, oh, there's people left this in the restaurant. Mm. Um, I don't drink wine, but um, I know you do. Do you want it? And I was like, okay. And it was a bottle of Tomato Coleraine 1989, I think. Mm. Um, and I knew 
obviously Tumata, Hawke's Bay. Yeah, yeah. I knew it was a famous wine. Flagship, yeah. You know, really expensive at the time, but I mean, it would have been mm. probably 20 bucks a bottle, <laughs> you know, really expensive. <laughs> um, and I just remember pouring a glass there in my smoky little dingy little club and, mm. and tasting it and thinking it was just the most incredible thing I'd ever tasted. Mm. It was weird. Not just a drink. Not, not just, just a drink. Not and just I was alcohol. just like, yeah, yeah. this is so great. I, I'm smelling things and tasting things that I've never mm tasted before mm. and it's wine this is cool mm. I really love this and I thought right one day I'm going to get into this mm. um, and then um, and I didn't <laughs> Things, mm. what, what I, my life kind of took a different direction my um, my boyfriend at the time said right I'm moving to Auckland I'm going to be in a band and you know you're not some money and it's going to be great and if you want to be my girlfriend you come too <laughs> and I was at Auckland they've been there but you know Mm. I'll move. Let's mm. do it. And I ended up um, the fame and the fortune and the, and the faithfulness didn't happen. Um, but I ended up getting a job as a runner for a, some production companies and kind of getting into um, sort of film and television mm. a little bit. Mm. And then I managed to, um, after a few months of being in Auckland, I, I used the fact that I'd once worked in a record shop in Hastings mm. to get. A, Was it? The record shop in Hastings, the one that was like... There were H- actually, there were three record were shops Sutcliffe. in Hastings. <laughs> there was Sutcliffe's, but there was that one that kept changing, like whatever the brand de jour, you know, it was HMV, it was HMV, ECM. ECM. Yeah. No, that so wasn't... it wasn't that one, no, it wasn't it was, Sutcliffe's, what no, was the other one? it started out, it was a record shop called Russell Sound yes, Vision. Yes, I remember yeah. It, yeah. And so you'd, you had record shop on one side mm. and fridges and freezers and um, TVs and, and, yeah, and stuff yeah. on the other. So I worked in Russell Sound Vision and Vision uh, and then we to another record shop called Beat Music yes. um, uh, so I worked in there and so I'd, I there was a gosh you know you might have served me I'm bound to because it because I I, start, I was buying tapes in yeah. Hastings from the you know we mid, had the mid best. 80s yeah 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 <laughs> I was saving pocket money and, and buy that's where the obsession started for me I was and I went to all of those stores. I yeah. forgot about Beat Music but as soon as I, you mentioned you would have met you would have met me I yeah. was I I started I got the, my my first job at the, at Russell Sound and Vision when mm. I would have been maybe fourteen just turned fourteen I can remember going to Russell yeah. Sound and Vision and being prop um, with my dad and being I mean this is such a great eighties memory being demonstrated CDs on the you know like a mini system nothing yeah. flash but um, Dire Straits Brothers in Arms album was, yeah. was the the, the, the CD thing. tester yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> guy crank, the guy cranking it up and as the um, drums were kicking in on the song Money for Nothing I, I have a vivid memory of that yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and that guy mm. that that used to Would demonstrate the stereos <laughs> yeah. he still works in appliances wow in a local big box store yeah, yeah. in Hastings wow. yeah he's yeah, yeah. but so that's yeah, the thing yeah. so I use this yeah. um, I use the fact that I've worked in record shops in Hastings mm. to land a job as a publicity officer for a record company in Auckland called Festival mm-hmm. which is the the tagline was home of the independence so mm. we had Fly Nun, Mushroom, Polygram, mm. Island, um, Southside, Wildside, you mm. know, all of that and so I ended up working for um, for Festival Records for a number of years um, from there I, I went to BFM is this like we're about to be mid 90s mid 90s yeah so um, I was at BFM 1995 mm-hmm. to 1998 oh, mm. no 
I don't know, early early to mid nineties. Yeah. So I went from the record company to BFM, and while we were BFM, or while I was at the record company and transitioning to BFM, I got a job at Max TV, which is mm-hmm. the music network mm. TV station. So I did a bit of VJing, which sounds very dodgy now <laughs> in the in the, this vajazzling and design of vaginas yeah. sort of thing, but um, it was a thing at the time. Um, so music TV and stuff, and but while I was doing all that, oh, oh sorry, and then so BFM led to um, a bunch of us were were hired by TVNZ to run the um, the MTV channel, the, mm. um, the feed from the UK mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. on their UHF network that they yeah. had. Yeah, mm. so me and a bunch of BFMers mm. were installed in TVNZ. This would have been 1997. Yeah, and it wrapped up at 98, end of yeah, 98. that's right. I remember I lived with a guy who was the cliche sort of rugby head of the time yeah. who you know, only watched Sky Sport and hated when I would flip it to MTV. And I remember the final night that he basically stayed up to watch it go off air, you know, in case it was a nightmare and it was going to come back. (laughs) He basically sat and watched it till midnight and and he almost did like a victory lap of the flat when it got turned off. So bad. It was such a shame. Mm. They they didn't give it it a chance. Oh, yeah, no. They didn't give it a chance. And, And it was really, really sad. But so during that whole time, during the 90s, of that sort of music industry mm. advertising, I'd, I'd also set up a voiceover agency called Big Mouth, which still exists mm. today. Um, so all my friends, the radio station and record companies, mm. and that could do voiceovers and you know um, for wealthy advertising agencies to capture the youth market. You know, so I set up a little business there, working in that. All during that time, um, you know, while all my f- friends were spending their spare cash on. I don't know clothes and shoes and haircuts and drugs and whatever. I kind of used to funnel my spare cash into the odd nice bottle of wine. Mm-hmm. I bought Michael Cooper's what buyer's guide every year. Um, got myself a cuisine subscription. Mm. Um, I just kind of was quietly getting on with studying. The, was just becoming a little yeah. wine nerd in my spare yeah, time. It was just a thing. It was a hobby. You know, mm. I just really enjoyed it. And then um, so when we were made redundant from TVNZ. Mm. I couldn't find a job that in, in Auckland that was my thing. I don't know. I didn't know what to do. And mm. I was actually, my ego had taken a real hammering. It was quite a hard thing. You know, you go one one minute, you're working. I, mm. thought, I thought when I was working at TVNZ, I had it made. I was like, you're 23 years old. You know, you've got mm. um, earning really great money. You're in this rock and roll lifestyle. And then suddenly it's kind of taken mm. away from you. And mm. like, oh. So I sort of came back to Hawke's Bay. Um, to live with my father, tail to my legs, just like, yeah. oh, what am I going to do? Trying to regroup. Yeah. And um, and all my friends are like, what are you doing? Why are you going mm. to Hawks Bay? You know, God, it's like there's nothing I'm not there. Not going back to Russell Sound and Vision. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I um I got here in 1998. Was this? It was like this seed year here in terms of that's when sort of wine tourism kicked in, that's where the farmer's mm. market started, that's when wineries started offering anti-pasto mm. and you know, that's, the winery thing was actually happening and I kind of thought um, It's when I started coming back from Wellington in the holidays and yeah. thinking, what happened to my quaint little village that well, I used to go and get, yeah. you know, we used to yeah. ride on bikes. And all, not that we were, all changed. Not that we were going to do it as <laughs> university students, but I started getting yeah. nostalgic for yeah. a thing that seemed to be getting swallowed up by something bigger. It was. It yeah. totally was. And what, yeah. So what happened was Hawke's Bay, you know, we used to be known as 
Hawke's Bay, mm. the fruit bowl of New mm. Zealand. Mm. And then you have the likes of, you know, Graham Avery from Selene and Kim Thorpe from, from Black Barn. You know, these marketing-minded people rebranding mm. Hawke's Bay to wine country. Mm. And it just, we suddenly became this um, cuisine destination, this kind mm. of really stylish place to, to be. And the, mm. so, and the wine industry brought with it food and fashion and you know all and the of this the weather was already the wheel is here thing, and yeah. so I was like right Yvonne what are you going to do I reckon what you should do is somehow put your kind of smorgasbord of a work history mm. to, you know grab the good bits about all of those jobs and work it into wine because you love wine and wine is here you've got to you know just new industry just mm. get involved and then I thought if I'm going to do it I need to get qualified um and so I enrolled in, I literally typed in to Netscape Navigator. Yeah, yeah. Um, wine marketing. And then went outside and had a bounce on the track. Yeah. While that loaded. While <laughs> loaded. You know, I did do. Yeah. I make a phone call. Yeah. Went to the fridge and got a zap. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. 20 know, minutes later. 20 minutes later. Yeah. The list of things would come up. Yeah. Um, the search engine would yeah. kick in. Yeah. And, um, and, there was like a course at the University of Bordeaux and I thought, nah, I can't go to France. There was one in the University of California, UC Davis mm. campus and I was like, oh, I don't want to go to the States. And then there was this thing called Roseworthy College, a very, very famous uh, wine school just mm. out of Adelaide that a lot of um, my kind of wine heroes attended. And they had just merged with Adelaide University and to offer a wine marketing program. Mm. And I applied and, and they were... Um, they said wine, right wine heroes you mean the likes of Michael Cooper and no 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 winemakers you right, know, people winemakers wine yeah, so right. my wine heroes mm-hmm. were, were the, the winemakers the that makers. were just making yeah. this amazing stuff and um, and Roseworthy is just mm. it just comes up time and time and time again it's mm-hmm. like a, a hot a sort of hot house mm. for breeding mm-hmm. wine talent and so um, I was like I can do that so I applied and they said um you will will let you in as long as you can prove that you're living and working in a premium wine region um and Auckland didn't seem to cut it so they were like what Hawke's Bay does so Mm, mm. that's fine so it was the first year that we were allowed to study externally so um I got a job at Havelock North Wines and Spirits Mm -hmm. and um started doing kind of freelance marketing and event management stuff for different vineyards and wineries around Hawke's Bay while I planned to kind of get stuck into study Mm. And then, um, and that was all very well and good. And and then I found out I was pregnant. <laughs> the pretty much the beginning of year one of study. Mm. And my husband was off on his OE. Like mm. we, it, it was a yeah, quite a random yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. So it was like, oh no. Um, but I just so I thought I'm going to keep studying though. It's fine. I'm just mm. going to do this thing. And four years later, I had two babies and graduated um, top of my year, so best aggregate student, which mm. was nice. Got a ton of, you know, nice little scholarship things and a mm. shiny medal and mm. a, you know, and with a wine marketing kind of, yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so when news got out that I'd achieved that, um, there was some really interesting kind of employment 
mm. offers out there. And but what I actually did is I went down to Hastings New World and talked to um, the owners of Hastings New World who just built this awesome wine Brian apartment. Brian Yeah, Brian yeah, Lucas yeah, and, and his wife Shirley. He was my brother's first um, boss. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. And so I said when he had here. the tiny, tiny little one. Yeah, yeah on yeah, Hiratong yeah, Street. Yeah, I know that one. <laughs> um, and so I kind of went in there and I said, look, you've got this great wine department. I'd really love to um, maybe just bring in some new wines, mm. maybe do some tastings in here, you mm. know, I could just be in here all the time and help people buy wine. Mm. And uh, and I was so so lucky that they said sure, Saw you know. That as so a I thing beca- to do. Yeah. yeah, so I became this wine consultant and mm. they were just brilliant. They gave me um, they gave me authority to, to, to buy wines in that um, weren't on the normal kind of foodstuffs mm. um, register, mm-hmm. I guess. And we, we kind of, we started a wine club in the supermarket, you know, mm. we, we just kind of turned it into like a little fine wine store within the supermarket. Mm, mm. And it was there that um, I was working one day and the editor of the Havelock North Village Press newspaper came mm, in mm. and we were chatting away and I, uh, he wanted to buy some wine for his um, wife who's a great mate of mine and she really knows her wines, she's awesome. He was trying to buy a bottle of wine for her and I was helping him and, and I said, I haven't seen a wine column in your paper for ages what's going on he's like oh you know we can't really afford to yeah um, yeah grab one of the do big it. Names yeah, and, yeah yeah they want too much money blah 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 and I said well can I have a go you know I've, mm. I'm tasting lots of different wines and I can string a sentence together and you know you don't have to pay me or anything and, mm-hmm. and we'll just sort of see how it goes and payments and the publishing yep yep and so he's like right I'll give it a go and I said if you like it great if not no biggie mm. so we started doing that and then and about a year later, the, the newspaper, Hawks Bay Today, that owned the Village Press, mm. said, right, we're revitalising our lifestyle section. We like what you're doing for them. Can you write for us as well? And I sort of went, okay, mm. awesome. And mm. so, and then the um, deputy editor of that paper went to go and run another paper in Manawatu. Would you want to come and, you know, write for us as well? And the head reporter went and got the editor's job at Bay of Plenty. Mm. Can you write for us? So it just became this little spider yeah. web yeah. of of wine writing jobs mm. and um, then I thought very a couple of years into that I was like well it's all very well and good for me to be able to say this is the one this, I like this wine because mm. and, but what if I'm not actually what if my tastes aren't yeah, actually yeah, that yeah. good yeah. and even though I'd done really well obviously in the tasting exams and stuff during um, my while I was studying mm. I thought oh, I really need to put myself out there and um, so I worked really hard to try and get involved in wine judging to actually pit my palate mm. up against my peers, yeah. all these wine heroes, winemakers, and, and and people in wine media that um, that I really admired, and and I wanted to learn. I just wanted to just just get verification that I kind of was on the right track, mm. um, and that takes a few years to kind of get into that scene. Um, you know, you need to earn your stripes, mm. and um, and I, I yeah. I did okay, and so that kind of gave me reassurance that my opinion was was yeah, yeah. on the right and track. And it was being back, your taste was being backed up by your writing and vice versa. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's a really important thing to do. Mm. And it, and one of the things that that worries me now in this in this mm. age of you know social media and blogging and everything like mm. that is that anyone can have a platform now mm-hmm. and say that they're a wine writer or a wine mm. critic or a wine blogger, and they can they can just write stuff. They can mm. put their opinions out there, and and people don't. I was going to ask you what you thought of, because um, I feel like and they may not be qualified. To I have. feel like New Zealand wine writers. There's a bunch of really mm. good yeah. ones, and I wondered how competitive that was, how well you guys correspond and get on. Um, 
Because, and again, they all seem to have come from, you know, you've got a basketball player who's a wine writer, you know, you've got these, you've got sort of people that started in, yeah. in, more on the cooking side rather yeah. than the drinking side, all these things, yeah. all these different life experiences and all these different ages and stages. And I feel like there's, you know, a couple of dozen pretty well-known yeah. wine writers. Maybe some of them aren't doing it now, but yeah. over the last two decades, there's been a really big bunch of people. Uh, are they good? Yeah. All of them? Pretty yeah. much? Yeah. You know, the big they names? Are. Yeah. Big names are, are good in there. And, um, and they work really hard. Mm. And the thing is, they're, um, uh, so they may rate a wine um, highly mm. uh, and give their reasons for that. And, uh, you know, I might go, okay, and uh, I like that wine, but maybe not as much. And yet the same wine might get a gold medal at a mm. show, you know, a week or two later. And then it might get a silver medal at a show a week or two later. It might, do you know what I mean? It's mm, like, mm, it, mm. it's when, um, when your wine ratings are backed up by the palettes of your peers in a mm-hmm. show, mm-hmm. in a show system is when it makes, you know, yeah, that, yeah, that yeah. makes you feel good. Um, there's a, yeah, there's, there's a good community of, of wine writing, but it's like it's like anything these days with food writing and wine writing, the, the, your column inches are being yeah, shrunk. Um, and, shrunk. And as you say, and anyone can do it in some sense. And on social. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So Which is good, of, but, mm. but frustrating for people that have worked at it and quite bad as well. Mm. But it, it's, in a way, it's really positive that people can have a go at this stuff and if it sticks and they're good at it that's yeah. great you know? if it sticks yeah. and they're good at it then that's great mm. and if and if your opinions are backed up by mm. results and mm. you know in, in shows and, and through other other writers it's it's a good thing um, but there's yeah, there's not that many of us around anymore mm. Um, mm. but yeah everyone it's a it's very collegial yeah 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 because yeah. you and I guess I'm, 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 I was interested to talk to you about this because um, I don't know that I've, I've talked to anyone else that has has done this across these three or four platforms as, as I have. Mm. Um, you comment on radio, you've done lots of TV stuff, yep. um, and you write for, well, newspapers and magazines, print, and, and of course online. Yeah. Um, I've, I've, I've sort of done that relevant to my area like with music I've done TV stuff and, and radio and obviously online and print and I feel like you know each time I've gone to a new format like it's a totally different you know some of the skills are relevant but you're learning a whole new set of skills right I that's want, exactly it and, I, and wanted, that's I wanted you to talk about that like yeah. um, what's the difference between writing a column um, talking on RNZ yeah. or fronting a TV show or being or being interviewed on a TV show yeah. they're all different things they're totally different things and mm. I guess that and, and you'll yeah you'll identify with this in terms of like when you're writing a column you know you've got X number of words to play mm. with mm. and you f- you make sure everything flows and you can choose the content yourself mm-hmm. when you do something on um, say RNZ mm. they'll come at you with a theme mm. or they'll or they'll ask you to come up with a theme and mm-hmm. then you can plan what you're going to say you're going to yeah. plan how you're going to say it yeah. gonna, and then suddenly halfway through you'll get cut for a news item yeah, or they'll yeah, have to yeah, rush yeah, you yeah, along yeah. or so you just I've learned over the years that you, you just kind of have to relax a little yes. bit with that and um, yeah. expect the unexpected when you're when you're on the radio which kind of sometimes it's really frustrating because mm, I'll, I'll mm. have a plan yeah. that I really want to get to <laughs> I can't get to it but yeah. then it's like I, I kind of think hey you know if I've, I've been asked to, to talk about wine something I love a mm. product that I'm so into mm. and that I want to talk to people about 
on the radio. Mm. How awesome is that? And, mm. and I want to do more of it. So, you know, any chance, whether it's one minute or 10 minutes, I'm, I'm on it. I will do it. Mm. You know, and mm. it's the same if I um, get asked to, say, go on... Um, like the Paul Henry show last year or the mm. AM show and talk a little bit about wine. Sometimes you get two minutes, sometimes you get 10 minutes. Yeah, it's yeah, just, yeah. it's any guess, but you just make every second count, mm. you know, just mm. try and get, um, um, your energy and enthusiasm for mm. your, for your subject out there. Um, but I, that's kind of how I do it. But with the, with the television thing, with thirsty work, the, mm. the TV show that, um, um, that I did, it's, that was actually really lovely. That was a nice process to so go through. So how long did that run for? Because I remember watching a couple of episodes of yeah, that. Yeah, we did four series. Yeah. Four series. Yeah. And the, so the first um, the first three were on Food TV, mm. which was which was great. And they were they were they were great. I mean we didn't get paid, we didn't get any mm. New Zealand mm. any funding or anything mm. like that. They just gave us the platform. They're like, you yeah. go away, you make it. We love the way it looks and the way it feels and we love the content and mm. we'll play. Mm. So that's how that worked. It was a, it was a passion project, mm. pretty much. Mm. Certainly no. I mean, it's all it's all brand building, right? Like it's exactly. All, it's all part of yep. people watch the show and see you talking and go, that person knows what they're doing yeah. and they're providing interesting content. I'll, yeah. I'll Google that person. Oh, yeah. Oh, I found out she's actually been writing for years. They might not have known that. Then they yeah. might realise that actually, yeah, they read some of your stuff. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. But also for me, with the TV side of it, with Thirsty Work, what my main goal was to connect connect people with with the, the humans behind the bottles. Because mm-hmm. you know, we, we go into a supermarket, and, and mm. wine's an FMCG good now. You know, it's we people were coming into the supermarket, and I'd see it. They'd come from the chippy aisle into the wine aisle, and they'd just be like. Oh, it's so daunting I can't deal with it I'm just going to go from a same old same old mm. pick them up and throw them into their trolley with about the same degree of emotion as a that you'd pick up a packet of arrowroot biscuits yeah, with or something yeah. you know and I was like but, they, but I, there's a great family that made mm. that wine and they've got such a cool story and man they've worked really hard and they're funny and I, I want to tell people about the people that made the wine mm-hmm. because there it's, it's about the stories you know mm. so thirsty work isn't about me mincing around the countryside telling people how to drink wine it's me going come and meet the people that i get to meet because yeah, yeah. i'm a writer yeah and but i only got i've only got a couple of hundred words to play with each week in my columns mm. this is you need to I, here's yeah, their yeah. story this and is the... this is cool um and to kind of get people to realize that there's there's um there's a lot of energy and and um um struggle and and risk in wine it's not like any other product where okay if you're making um say you're making beer and you cock it up mm. you know something happens to your brew tip it out get some water get some hops get some malt, get some yeast yeah. boom, make yeah. a new batch yeah. if you're making cheese mm. you cock it up it's right cows come in the next day get some more milk have another crack at it wine you've got one shot mm-hmm. one shot each year to get it right and nature will just throw curveballs <laughs> at you all the time mm-hmm. and if you're if you're lucky enough to actually manage to get those grapes into the winery and then you just you do, and things can go wrong in the winery all mm. the time so it's mm. just you know it's such a to actually do it successfully mm. on any kind of scale it's a it's it's a real achievement, and people were losing sight of that the minute that supermarkets became involved and wine mm-hmm. became UKCG and it became just a part of everyday thing. We kind of lost the fact that there's there's a there's a person, there's a human behind that bottle that's worked so hard, mm. and they have a great little story, and they're funny and they're cool and mm. you know, mm. inspiring and 
you know, I just want to tell those stories because that's what I love to mm. do is tell mm. stories and, mm. and um, that's what I'm what I hope that Thirsty Work did. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah, and um, so where are we now in your... I'm thinking we're getting close to Wine Friend yeah. and the $1 million insurance yeah. thing. We're getting, <laughs> we're getting close to that because well, you've, yeah. you've, you've, you've obviously spent quite a few years at this point doing the writing. Yeah. You've started... You've done the TV thing and you've started doing some radio stuff, which you still do. Yeah. And um, so all of that stuff's ongoing. But what happens... You know, that's obviously going great. Like yeah. It's your... Um, enthused and and stimulated yeah and you're obviously earning some money from yeah, it a little you bit know, some things yeah. yeah exactly some things uh, payments in the publishing or whatever like the tv thing and that sometimes yeah. uh, and there's some contra and stuff going on yeah. no doubt but yeah. and i have a husband who, yeah, yeah, is, who works really hard well. and he's got a salary yeah, yeah. so he you know there's there's all yeah. that so i like uh, so i'm very fortunate that i'm not having to support my children on, mm. on my own yeah, you know, yeah, salary yeah, yeah. and all that so that's that's really important and you're still, exactly and you're still raising mm. a family at yeah. this point and that's yeah. that's going on so it's it's fitting in nicely yeah. and you're happy with it what what so how become, did Wine Friend happen? Yeah, what becomes is how when does that happen? Why does that happen? And what becomes the the next sort of ambition point for you when you've got yeah. all that stuff up in the air and well, going? It's that is the way that you've just kind of wrapped that all up is is a really good lead into it because you know how I'm talking about I just want people to connect with mm. the product. I want people, mm. you know, um, to to hear the stories and and be and see wines that they would not normally see that they wouldn't encounter on their you know everyday sort of supermarket shop um that was what i wanted to do but you mm. know so i have limited space to kind of do that anyway so my i have a really good friend uh, debbie sutton who years ago um we uh, we met through wine she um her parents um were grape growers in the mm. Aotearoa valley in marlborough and um they set up a brand called blind river she did very very well um and debbie kind of ran that she came back from the uk with her husband and 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 kids and and ran blind river and i had done a story on them for house and garden magazine mm. so i met debbie then and um, then i came back to marlborough for an event and you know and, and she hosted me and i met her parents and they were, they were classic um so when we were doing our very first series of thirsty work she was one of the people that responded straight away when i put the call out going i'm gonna do this tv show who wants to be on it um you know, hands up, <laughs> kind of thing, and, mm. and, and so, yeah, she responded, and so we went down there and we shot a, just the, one of the funniest, loveliest little stories, and so we just kind of kept in contact after that, and I got this phone call from Debbie one day going, Yvonne, I've got this business idea, um, and can I can I fly down to Hawke's Bay and talk it over with you, and I was like, no, just tell me over the phone, she said, oh no, it's, it's just a bit too kind of complicated, I need you to sign an NDA, and mm. well, you know, I was like, whoa, this... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> this is a bit intense. <laughs> um, but yeah, she came down and, and uh, you know, I signed the form and, you know, she goes, right, um, you know, there's, I, see, I, I just see people, including myself and, my, and, and friends, wanting to try wines, new wines, like we're curious, but we, we don't want the risk of getting it wrong. Mm. You know, when you're when you when we go to hand over ten bucks, fifteen bucks, twenty bucks, thirty bucks, whatever, on a bottle of wine, if it's if we get it home and open it and it's and it doesn't taste nice to us, it's a letdown. Mm. It's a it's depressing. So we don't go there. We just stick with the same old, same old. Mm. And she's like, Yvonne, you know, I like 
I've been following the food bag thing, the subscriber model thing, mm. and I think maybe we could do something with wine. And I'm after my Nadia Lim in wine, and I think maybe you might be it. And I was like, what on earth are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> what? I don't even understand. She's like, we could, there's a thing that we could do where you taste all these wines in your job, but you can't write, you, you, you can only put some of them in the mm, newspapers mm. and magazines. What do you do with all the rest? I'm like, I don't know, I just, I, they're on the net, uh, you know. She's like, but what if, what if we could actually match those wines to people? So that, and, we, and we send people a bunch of wines every month or every couple of months just for their personal palate profile. Mm. So the wines that you send one person will be totally different to the wines that you send their neighbour or their friends or whatever to try and kind of take the hassle and guesswork out of trying new wine. And, you know, we'll, we'll write neck tags, like we'll go around each bottle with a story about the winery and the winemaker and, the mm. you know, whether they like pina coladas and walks in the rain and, and they have a, you know, border collie or, you know, they're a surfer and, and this wine should be drunk with mm. um, smoked chicken pasta and, you know, and just kind of educate and inform and just expose people to different wines. And we'll just, should we do that? It'd be kind of fun, wouldn't it? And I was like, okay. Mm. And that's just how it kind of happened. And just mm. like, you know, we're going to call it wine friend. Because everyone has a wine friend when they go out to a bar or they go out to, you know, a restaurant. There's always someone they have yeah. the wine list to because they know that person knows their taste buds. Yeah, yeah. Knows it's going to make the best, make the best decision. The best decision. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, so that's what we want to be. Mm. We want to just kind of be a guide to people and help mm. people make those decisions mm. and, and form connections with wines that you're just not going to find in a supermarket because she comes from having a small wine brand mm. um, and knowing how hard it is to be seen out there you mm. know to, to mm. be um, to be seen above all of that competition mm, to fight through yeah. Yeah, yeah. but if someone that some, that, that you trust mm. i.e. Yvonne Lorcan yep knows a bit about how my taste buds work mm. she reckons that I'm going to like this wine mm. and it's here it's in my house mm. I'm going to taste it mm. and then Yvonne Lorcan asks me to rate it and um, give an opinion whether it's good, bad, ugly whatever so that she takes that information away next month another six wines come based on the feedback and you know so we go on like a little wine journey mm. getting to know each other better I get to know mm. your taste better. Mm. You know, you get to learn about wines that you'd never normally see in your normal shopping. So, so it's like a journey. I, you know, when I have been writing reviews of gigs and, and albums, more so back in the day, everything I write, in a way, I'm putting my taste and my credibility, I guess, on the line. That's right. And you know that has interesting results. Yes, <laughs> and, I do. <laughs> and, uh, and, and so people give you, and in this era, people give you instant feedback. Yeah. It strikes me that what you're doing and what you're talking about, yeah. your credibility is massively on the line with, with each massively. of these decisions. I would say more so than, say, a person writing about gigs or records because people... People are paying me. Exactly. And people... And exactly, and you're yeah. having to try and cater to, you know, I just say my opinion about a thing, and yeah. I actually don't care if, and I was thinking when you were talking about, like, wine writing and hoping and, and judging and hoping that your opinion is reflected in something, winning an award, yeah, and so forth, I was thinking, you know, I'm almost the opposite of that, in that, you know, I'll happily champion things that win Grammys and MTV Awards and are the biggest selling album of the year, sure. But I also don't give a shit. You know, no. It doesn't matter, but I see how it's pertinent yeah. to... But you like finding hidden gems. 
Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But at and that's the same, what I do too. At the same yeah. time, I'm happy to sell it. You know, if Coldplay make the best record of the year, I would say so. Yeah. Um, I don't think they've ever done that personally, yeah. but I know a lot of people think, think they have, <laughs> they right? And that's and they're allowed. I'm like that with Radiohead. I just yeah, I and they're allowed to think that and be happy with that. But you know, and again, I was thinking when you were talking about, yeah, turning people on to things and those little conversations. I was thinking about when I worked in record stores, yeah. as as you have. You know, yep. Ninety percent of the job is just someone turning up with something, and I mean the job doesn't really exist anymore in most in most parts of the world. But ninety percent of the job is just boxing up what someone wants, putting it in a bag, and saying thank you and taking their card. But you lived for those moments where someone asked you a question about something, and you, and you, you got to sh- tell the story. Yeah, you got and to you could share, shepherd them yep, into yeah. And if you like this, would, try this. Yeah. So you're doing that with That's wine. That's exactly it. What, what yeah. I want to know is. Uh, obviously, the hit rate is pretty good, and you get people that are pretty happy with it. Um, do you get people saying, "Man, you got that way wrong"? And, yes. And and how? What's Straight that away. like for you? And how do you deal with that? because oh. you take it pretty seriously. Obviously, you have yeah, to. Yeah, yeah, we do. And um, and there are all sorts of different reasons mm. why um, I might go and say, "I love this wine, mm. and I think you will too," mm. based on what you've told me about yeah. your taste buds. Yeah. You know. Um, clearly got that wrong we'll i'll ring them mm. like, oh, i'll actually get on the phone to our customers and we'll have a talk and i'll say look i'm you know i noticed what you said about that wine and i'd, mm. I'd love to know um you know a might have been faulty yeah it might have been a, a it might have had yeah. some issue with the winemaking that and every bottle could be different mm-hmm. um so we don't i don't know that mm. you know um so try and find out whether it's a fault try and find out possibly whether um whether there might have been an um an error or or a miss uh, uh, one of the boxes on the questionnaire ticked wrong, mm-hmm. or, you know, ticked incorrectly, or just, um, yeah, yeah. or you know, whether there's some, um, you know, just something else I could have done. Mm. Um, and it's wine is such a personal taste thing. Mm, mm. It's the it's it's yeah, sure as death and right. in ta- taxes, all that. Yeah. It's so, you know, one man's nectar is another man's mm. engine cleaner. You know, mm, it's mm. like, um, and I will always, I, I well, I never expect to get 100% all the time. Mm. And if I was getting 100% all the time, then we wouldn't really have a business because we would yeah, just, be, yeah, we'd yeah. just be sending people the same wine all the time. Yeah, so yeah, for yeah. us, for me, it's like... That's the challenge. It's That's the a challenge. Big part of... It's a real challenge. And mm. and I um, I will always um, try and find out mm. what you know why that wine didn't hit the mark, what can I do better, and find out some other clue about that person's mm-hmm. palate, you know, maybe something else that they like to eat, or maybe there's a, a, a spice or something that they're allergic to or they can't handle, and, and that could have been in that wine, you know, like a nuance of mm-hmm. that, you know, maybe they just hate peppery things, yeah, yeah. and yet I sent them a Syrah, mm-hmm. which has rotundone in it, which is a compound that's in pepper, and it's very smells very peppery, and it just naturally just put them off, and yet they might have ticked the box that says mm-hmm. they like Syrah, so I, you know, mm-hmm. it, it's... Um, I, I do worry if there's ever a pattern that emerges. Like mm. if, I, if there's one wine that suddenly people go, whoa, this is just not good. There could be a bottling line fault. There could be mm. something actually wrong with the wine. It could be re-fermenting in the bottle, which doesn't, when I taste it, it's lovely. Mm, but mm. a couple of months down the track, it's the, not. The corking so, thing is obviously less of an issue these days, yeah. but things like that as well. Yeah, right? things like yeah, that occur. Yeah. And so for me, it's like I'm choosing every single Every single month, mm. I'm choosing in excess of 60 different wines. Mm. 60 different wines. Wines that we haven't used in the last 12 months. Wines that you're not going to see in the supermarket. Wines that are, um, yeah, 
and wines that I love. Like I have mm. to be a hundred percent behind every single wine. So I'm. That's a lot of wine to go across three different mm. tiers mm. to go. Um, to try and pair up to the, all the different palette profiles that we have for people. Mm. Um, so it's a massive job. It's a massive job. And then yeah. write 80 word tasting notes for each one. Yeah, so yeah. when you do the maths, it's, yeah. well, it's, it's close to 5,000 words yeah. every month. And it, you know, one of the hardest things to do with writing, particularly in the era of the internet is to be concise concise you know, and, and fresh a, and fun and yeah, we, yeah, you yeah. know keep that but we we're all self-editors now you know you there's a lot of indulgence that goes on so yeah. that 80 words is a is a you know i remember first writing record reviews at 150 120 words that was hard, hard. Work and it was really good training yeah you know yeah and it was really good and i could and same with gig reviews at 350 words and I can still knock those out, and sometimes it's great to have a thousand words. You yeah. know, you've got your own website, and yeah. no one's paying you. You can do what you like, but um, it's when you're really, restricted, it's a really it's great it. skill <laughs> yeah. to it's a really great skill to be restricted and to remind yourself yeah. of, of what you're trying to achieve with that. Yeah. and how that's really yeah. yeah yeah you just got to get some nuggets of knowledge. Yeah. I try and inject a bit of humour I can, mm, mm. some facts, some, you know, and the food match. And what a, I'm trying to say yeah. too is sometimes it can take longer to write short than it can to write long. That is exactly yeah, what I was getting yeah, to. Yeah. Because, uh, and if you just heard a thump on the microphone, <laughs> it was just me banging the table. Um, yeah. yeah, it's actually harder and it takes me a lot longer mm, to, yeah, to whip out a bunch of 80-word tasting notes than it does for me to write a 500-word Column. Well, what it's I was thinking when you were talking before about um, yeah, hitting your notes on radio mm. and you don't always get to hit every single point, but you have them there and, yeah, as you say, sometimes breaking news yeah. reduces a 10-minute segment to two minutes or whatever. The other thing you've got to do on radio or TV is speak with some clarity and in writing, no one gets to see all of our ums and ahs. No. They're there. That's all the, all the pauses, but, all, the, all the tea breaks, yeah. all the walking away and, you know, screwing up bits of paper in, yeah. in the old days or whatever. <laughs> That's all. There, that's all there, and yeah. it all gets to get hidden and polished away. It doesn't mean it doesn't still happen. You know, yeah. not many people knock out a piece of writing straight away with no, you know, not I a good, not a good one anyway. Everyone yeah. has a different, you know. Everyone has their own style yeah, in, yeah, in yeah. their way, and and I I fret over mm. it. Mm. I um. As, oh, you sh- as you should, I if you take it seriously. Yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah, I want to. Yeah. I want to do it right, and I and yeah. even if it's only three hundred words, whatever. Mm. I just mm. oh, gosh, I hope this is this is. Um, this is going to do the job you mm. know and I hope no one finds anything offensive in it or, mm. or I hope that mm. it's not that I that I haven't made some statement that, that is factually or not factually because I do my I definitely do my research but mm. you know um, um, you might have missed something or yeah, yeah. Uh, do you know what I mean and, and you want to keep the tone like I, mm. I, I like to have a tone with my writing mm. and, it and some and you'll know it, it's, it's exhausting but week after week mm. when you're trying to do the same thing you know and you want to keep everything mm. sparky and fresh and interesting and funny and whatever as well as being factually correct and and all of that it's it's quite a taxing thing mm. I think people assume if you're a writer or a critic that it's just it's it's you know money for jam what happens when you write about wine and slag it off oh well actually a really interesting thing happened um because there's two different ways to review things yeah yeah there's there's the person who and this is what you're obviously doing with with wine friend in particular but i imagine a lot of wine writers are essentially there's so much out there that they basically are trying to highlight 
hidden gems yep. or, or really great things, even if there's a lot of talk about it, they want to examine why there's a lot of talk about yes. something. They don't want to pick up something cheap and nasty and say it's cheap and nasty. But there are wine writers that will write about being let down by things that yes. are very, very good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So what and, happens, and that's happened. Yeah, and you so know. what happens there? What's oh, the, I mean, we had an interesting... <laughs> An interesting case is when I um, I won't name the the, mm, the, mm. the wine or the or the person involved, um, but there was a situation where I, I was a tasting um, a series of, of um, very iconic wines, very mm-hmm. expensive mm. local wines, and um, it's a new release, and we were all um, you know wine writers and and wine trade people were mm. invited to this thing, and you know I wrote my notes and um, was asked by um, the the distribution company to, mm. to provide my notes and I'm like sure you know here you go and then I got a, a um an email saying I'm oh, just checking that um <laughs> that this is right <laughs> just, just checking that you didn't just leave a star off because mm. I have star ratings <laughs> yeah, you know yeah, obviously yeah. one star to five star um I don't know oh because such and such and such mm. they gave it mm. Mm, that, yeah. you know this amount of stars we just thought one maybe just left it off <laughs> I was like, well, no, that's how it was drinking at the time. Mm. You'll, you'll see from my review mm. that it's a very new wine. It's going to unveil itself mm. and mm. its full potential over time. That's how I found it in the mm. glass. Oh, we'd like to get you back to the winery, <laughs> just one-on-one, you know, you and the winemaker, retaste and... Uh, you know, yeah. so there's a bit of that mm. that goes on. Pressure. There's pressure. <laughs> yeah. um, and... But it also, you know, getting back to where we were talking about diminishing word counts and columns mm, and mm, things, mm. I kind of, um, I don't want to use that word count up slagging no, things too much. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I don't want to do that. I, I think people, I think my readers, and particularly newspaper readers, they want to know what's good that weekend. Mm, mm. What's actually going to, what they can Yeah, I imagine describe. that's massively the case with wine. Oh. I mean, you know, it can yeah. be, it can, you know, everyone loves reading a really well-written, savage review. Yeah. Uh, well, most people do, you know. Yeah. Uh, you and know, I have are, done that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I just don't wine, do it regularly. No, with wine, people, I imagine, mostly mm. don't want to waste their time reading something that's telling them, don't touch this, no. don't drink it. They're not going to go out and go, oh, well, I'm going to try that and see if I enjoy it. They're far better taking a top tip from someone who yeah. knows what they're talking about. I will go and exactly. you know, choose that four or five-star bottle of wine. Yeah. I'm not going to experiment with the two-star yeah. one. You know, that's, so, that's so they don't even want to read that anymore. It would be different if I wrote books of buyer's mm, guides mm, and things mm, like that, yeah, exactly. where I can just list everything yeah. and people can choose to yeah, yeah, read yeah. it. But I, I have limited word counts. Yeah, week, I, remember, so, I mean, yeah. When, I, when I wrote reviews for North and South, it mm. was six reviews that were about 80 words long every two months what's the point in choosing an album saying this album's garbage don't touch it there's it no was, point it was all about highlighting things that were good maybe yeah. something was a little bit obscure and then there was some things that were just dead obvious that everyone was reviewing but it was best to put across six things that yep. you thought a range of people would find you know they'd find something in at least one of those albums but then also the, the problem with that is sometimes you get um, accused of being just a, a good news gimp, yeah, you yeah, know, totally. basically. And so you can't really win. And there have yeah. been times where people will see really favourable reviews and they'll mm. go, you're in the pocket you're in, of the you're, you're in bed wine with company. that winemaker. You're, uh, in, you're yeah. in cahoots with that brand. All of yeah, that. Yeah, so yeah, you can't yeah. really win. Oh, totally. Um, and oh God, I even, used to, I even used to get it with CDs, and it's like all of the record labels hated me, really. Like, and it was like, so I was never, you know, I, I got people saying, "Oh, you just only rave about things that Sony release and stuff like that," you know, back in the full record yeah. label days. And yeah. That was never the case. I remember really early on in the piece when I was writing for the Havelock North newspaper. Mm. So we're talking uh, early to mid two thousands, mm. um, and there was a wine that 
uh, was quite expensive. Like it was something like $40, which mm. is quite an expensive bottle of wine, you know, for most people. Mm. $40, and I'd, I'd bought this wine, I'd tried it, and because I, I used to buy all the wines in the early days because no one would send me anything because mm -hmm. they didn't know who mm. I was, you yeah, know. You had to prove yourself. Had to prove it. So I bought everything. And mm. um, so there was this wine that I thought, oh, that actually tastes pretty dull. Mm. 40 bucks. And then I thought, maybe it's a bottle fault or something. Or, you mm. know, so I bought another one. Dull, boring. And then the next vintage came out, you know, a few months down the track. And um, and the wine still, they'd put the price up and the wine was still really average, in my opinion. Mm. So I said so in, my, in one of mm. my reviews. Mm. Not like massively scathing, but mm. just like... Do you know what? I, was ex I expect when I'm spending $40, I want fruit, I want clarity, I want mm. personality, I want this wine to be to give me something. And mm. I've tasted two vintages, multiple bottles, and it's just not doing it for me. Mm. Um, and then I went to an event, and the winemaker actually bailed me out. My husband was there at the time, too, and, and um, was like, how dare you mm. write that stuff? And I was really shocked. I, mm. I, I'm not a confrontational person like... You know, like I am. Yeah, <laughs> like, you know, physically, when someone comes up to you, yeah. it's like, yeah, I'm yeah, like yeah. whoa, whoa, whoa. Um, so that was an interesting, mm. that was a really mm. interesting scenario. Um, that person's no longer making mm. wine, but um, yeah. Oh, it's pretty intense when that stuff happens. I remember the first yeah. few times I'd get promoters or even record company reps. When I used to review and work in a record store, I'd get record company reps come down quite heavy on me. Mm. You know, I, I gave you that or I tipped you off on that and I didn't expect you to go and slag it off. What did you expect? What, yeah, what you know? did you expect? Yeah. It's it's like um it's like any it's like any form of critiquing. If you mm. go to a restaurant it's if you go to if you are a book reviewer, mm. if you're whatever, mm. you know, you're not just because Someone sent you that book, mm -hmm. or you don't owe them. You don't yeah. owe them. You know, you're mm. you're there to have an opinion because your opinion is respected because you've had experience and, mm. you've and done the work. knowledge. You've done the work in this particular area, mm -hmm. and uh, yeah. So that's that's something that that's, I get a lot yeah, of. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you and know, yet the just, funny thing is, and I imagine with what you're doing with wine writing and wine tasting and and commenting and recommending, the funny thing is, you know, God, most even half price serious wine drinkers. Are, uh, are massive reviewers in, in their own room, in their own mind, and in front, in, of, their own and in front of their friends. You know, yeah. they're all making their own, you know, they're happy to make their judgments and to yeah. make their comments, yeah. some of which they've probably ripped directly off you and other you know, yeah. wine writers, which is fine. That's fine. But it's funny. I mean, it's a little bit the same with people into music. It's certainly the case with people into food. But they still have an issue with the person doing it. They, you know, that yeah. that's actually doing it, and yet they're doing the same thing themselves. Yeah. I, I always find that quite quite funny. Yeah. Um, I want to know. Wine is obviously your work and your life, a big part of your life. When when does wine stop becoming work for you? I imagine somewhere around the fourth or fifth glass. But oh, but I'm spitting. So yeah. yeah so yeah. no, no. But I mean, <laughs> what I mean is, can, can you unpack from the idea yeah. that everything is research? Can you sit and enjoy a glass or a bottle of wine with, or is there always something going on that this is? You it's know, like it's like you listen to a record. Can I you just so. do that and just just listen to it and not think about yeah. whether you should have reviewed that or whether, yeah. you sh whether you made a mistake or whether you should have changed that yeah, line. Yeah. Um, so for me, yeah, it's an interesting one. So um, 
Okay, I'll tell you what, when I'm, when I'm judging a show yeah. and you're doing 120, 130, yeah. 140 wines a day, yeah. um, it's, it, it is actually really exhausting on your palate because mm, you're, mm. you're, you're swishing and you're swimming mm. and you're spitting mm. and it, your teeth feel like baked beans at the end of the day and it's mm. really full on and all you want at the end of a day like that is a Heineken or a cup of tea, yeah, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but when it comes to, yeah... Okay, so you know, I have friends that will that will message me on Facebook or send me a text, and I go, "Oh, should we go out for a wine?" Mm. And I'm like, mm. "I've just been in doing that." Do you know what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Actually, can we just go and get a cup of coffee? Yeah. Um, yeah. So there's a little bit of that. Yeah. But like, um, I love it when someone you know rocks up to you know to visit me mm. with a bottle of wine and and takeaways. Mm. something and and i don't i'm not expected to review it i'm mm-hmm. not expected to critique it it's just like i have this glass mm. with your with your um pad tie mm. and and yum and i like that i i, I can actually unpack and um mm. and just appreciate wine for what it is um it's not easy no but i'm learning to do it like I, and it's that thing where i guess it, it all you know it's all informing the ever-evolving yeah. palette and also the the mm. research and the and I, it's telling your friends to stop yeah. asking questions yeah. as well it's yeah. like sometimes they'll go oh so Yvonne, what do you think of the acidity yeah. in this and i'll be like shut up yeah, yeah. can we just buy a subscription to wine friends exactly <laughs> <laughs> but i you know because i was just thinking like this year i really tried to um when you were saying about listening to records and stuff. And, you know, I, I'm a person, I'll go into a room and instantly notice either the music or the lack of music. I'm, you know, that's a big part. If I walk into some, if someone's having a few people around for drinks and they haven't got yeah. any music on, yeah. I'm not judging them for not having it and I'm not judging them for playing something I don't like, but I will notice it. Yeah. And I, I know that I'll notice it before other people do. But this year I tried to... Um, go to concerts I guess just to enjoy them yeah. and right at the start of the year I bought tickets to uh, you know paid my own money to go to I was, I was broke and I sold stuff on Trade Me so yeah. I could get a ticket to Nick Cave oh yeah I was going to say what have been yeah, Nick Cave and, yeah. and then I went to um, PJ Harvey a couple of weeks later yeah. and we bought tickets for that and with both of those shows I, I stood or sat in the show going this is great I'm enjoying this I'm not going to say a thing about this I'm just going to and in both cases, I got up at five o'clock in the morning and went, I've got to write something. Yeah. You know, I've got to say something about this. Because that's yeah. just, it's hardwired. That's just part of, and I imagine, so I imagine you've yeah. got some aspect of that. A lot of that. So, you know, I'll be tasting You may it. not be, physically no. write about it, but it's all going in there to inform other writing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and I'll be sitting there at, at you know, mm. somewhere for lunch and I'll order a glass of wine to have with whatever it is that I'm eating. Mm. And it's really, it's everything for me not to reach in and grab my notebook and mm. actually just mm. go, mm. know, take a photo of the bottle, put it. Um, so yeah I remember going to <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with that I think that's just who we become I remember going to the Craftwork concert in Sydney with um, Sylvie Simmons the yeah. famous music writer she was over there and we had connected and then she asked me if I could get her a ticket to this gig and I felt tremendous pressure to try and deliver that and and, and was able to they, I, I hit them up and they yeah. had a spare ticket and when I told them who it was for they, they jumped and they were into it yeah so she sat down next to me at the show, and I thought, this is pretty cool. I've read this woman's stuff for years, you know, and I think she's amazing. And then she leaned over to me just as the lights went out, and she said, I hope you don't mind. I'm just going to take some notes. And I kind of thought, this is awesome. Not only am I sitting at Craftwork with 3D glasses on, I get to watch Sylvie Simmons yeah. do her work, which, which she said to me afterwards, or maybe at the time, yeah. I may not do anything with this, but this is just what I do when I go to a concert. And yeah. I just thought, 
but that's, yeah. cool, that's cool and yeah. why wouldn't you you know you've been doing it for 40 years or whatever why wouldn't you take notes at a gig yeah. just as you would take notes that's what drinking. I do yeah, yeah. And, mm. and whether it's a written note or whether it's a mental note mm. I must recall mm. that mm. Um, the other the, the downside I suppose is so people tend to get a little bit in, intimidated mm. uh, you know when and they, that whole notion of always working never working you yeah. know oh you've got a dream job people tell you that yeah. oh you've got a dream job you just get to drink wine and, and write about it like like anyone could do that like, <laughs> and what do like, they think I do all day yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or how long did it take to get to that? You know, they think, oh, if I if I just started buying wine and 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 uh, setting up a blog site tomorrow, I'd be up and running just like her. Well, that's you no. on one basic sense you would be, but yeah. no, I mean it's taken. Yeah. I mean, I've been doing this yeah. eighteen years almost, yeah. maybe even mm. longer, and so, doing every aspect yeah, of this. Yeah, yeah. I work in, in trade, and you know, wineries. You know, that's the thing. It doesn't just happen overnight. And when I, so when I first started, I mean, it was. There was um, a, a comment from an, an older, you know, older white male wine writer who, what a who shock. said, yeah, <laughs> who who basically said I was frothy. Yeah, used that word frothy and wouldn't last. Right. So yeah. you know that that, that what he what he what he, he doesn't have a job. What he meant was I'm scared and uh, you know it's, I don't like someone else pissing in my patch. No, <laughs> well I think that's it yeah. and. Um, but you know, but I find myself um, getting mm. guilty of that. You know, thinking here's this um, here's this person who's a who has a gardening blog, and now they're writing about wine. Mm. Oh, God, mm. you know, um, and they've got all these followers. Mm. What are they saying? And what are they? Oh, but it's just the way the world's work. You know, yeah. that's the way it is. Oh, and I, I have to just. Be, I watch I watch websites that you know go to concerts and just post photographs. And they get way more traction than, than I do. You do. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, know. I, I can't help but go fuck. Uh, they haven't said anything. They've just posted some fucking yeah, photos. And but that's you know that's fine. You you learn to, to get over that. Yeah. Um. Your uh. You, it strikes me that and I I knew a little bit. I sort of had made my mind up a little bit about this before. I mean we've only just met. Yeah. Um. But. But I've been stalking you on Facebook. Yeah, I was going to say, say, say we've, <laughs> corresponded, we've corresponded. We've meant to have this chat for a little while, and um, but I was thinking how great it is that all of your—I mean, you sort of referenced this—but all of your work skills combined to do what you do now. You know, like the you know you, you learnt the kind of publicity promo sort of stuff with you know, and you yep. did you did TV presenting, and you know bits of writing obviously yeah, yeah. and and hospitality work you know and and serving people even in retail you know yeah. you, you know how to you know smile politely and and listen and you know how to present yeah. and you know how to market and all of these different things have sort of you've found a perfect way to use all of those things yeah. so what how has um wine friend evolved like what is the full sort of experience people get from that and how has that has that changed much um how has it changed or has it changed much i um it actually has you know it became a um a lot bigger than we thought it would be mm-hmm. a lot faster than we thought it would be right. so we were so you, had this, a, you talked about when when she flew down you mm-hmm. had this idea yep it's gonna yeah. be a subscription model it's gonna be a bit like you know it's the equivalent of food bag and stuff you're choosing wines sending them out to people matching them to their yep. palates and so that and hit, trying to get better at it yeah you know, and, and so it hits time. the ground yep boom right hits the ground running and um and it, it, it I think it hit the ground at the perfect time of this new wave of personalization and mm-hmm. customization. Mm. You know, and I'm, um, I mean, it's I don't a horrible know. Horrible word. I know, but, but it's you're there. Curating it's and curating. Yeah, so yeah. it's like for me, I mean, yeah. we're all, 
me and my, my mates, we are busy. Aren't mm. we? we are just, even, we are busy. So mm. I, I'm a great one for, um, um, for outsourcing things and mm. getting people to, to do call things that, expert. call on the expert, get you know, the, just get, get, the get it done yep. so that I can get on with doing the things that I'm good at and the yep. things that I enjoy doing. So, um, I really, you know how I'm really into music, mm. having forever. Um, I don't have the time anymore to trundle through record shops like I would mm. love to do, but mm. I just don't have that. So, um, and I, you know, I like Spotify to curate things mm. for me. I like people to discover things. So I, I love my Spotify. Um, television and film and things like that I don't have the time to um, be constantly reading about you know new shows mm. and films and things so I like just Netflix and Lightbox just mm. you know you know my habits you mm. know what I'm kind of liking show me more show me more and they give you essentially tasting notes exactly you know, the they do sort of thing, so they? I'm big on that yep. and um, you know with, with, with food I want my family to eat healthy interesting food I don't have the time to be um, troughing through the supermarket mm. every day mm. and trying to think about new and interesting meals every day. So I let food bag do that and, mm. and, and count down online shopping. Mm. You know, this mm. is my name, but just mm. send it. Just just send it. So I'm really into that. And I think so many other people are. And Wine Friend mm. is a way that people can get their curiosity satisfied. Mm. They can upskill. They can have something tasty and mm. yummy that they don't have to go out and buy themselves. They don't have to go to a shop. They don't, have to, they don't even have to talk to anyone. They just fill out a little questionnaire mm. and let the journey kind of start. Mm. And let, let Yvonne kind of bring that little six mm. little bottles of lovely stuff into your, into your home mm-hmm. um, every month. And it's like you, it's done. That you don't even have to think about it, but when you do think about it, and you know we start corresponding, it's like we, we there's a friendship there, there's trust and there's mm. friendship, and it's it's like a whole new it's like opening up a new world, and that's mm. what wine friends kind of struck it at the right time, and mm. it's still and and we um we're loving it, like mm. I'm learning. I'm not. I've never been a businessy person, really, mm. apart from I mean I have my voiceover agency, but that was just mm. me. I did my GST. Mm. It was fine. I I I never never been a businessy person so I am learning so much mm. about um you know how startups work how, how how business in this age is actually working you know I have a Debbie is the most incredible um um intellect and and and, and business um um I don't know what I'm saying. authority is not the right mm. word but she's so experienced she's a and business brain. she's she a business brain yeah. and I learned so much from her and um you know, we have a wonderful social media manager called Liz Mayo-Smith, and I'm learning huge amounts from her. She's, you know, really mm. young, she's in her early 20s, and she's just across bringing it, yeah. across it. And I'm like, wow, and I love it. And um, we have an amazing customer services exec called Kim, and, um, you know, she, hearing her talking to people on the phones and, and just solving problems, mm. you know, that's what we're, like, I feel like I'm helping people solve solve some problems, mm. you know? And it's it's cool. I mm. really I really like it. Mm. I like being part of this new kind of What's, wave of, of business in this yeah thing. What are you thinking about doing next with it, or mm. what you know what? Um, pardon the pun. What do you think the shelf life is? Yeah. You know, like you worry about how long you can. I feel like this is a thing that's a bit like classical music or something. You can kind of stay in this game for quite a long time. I think so. But you know what what we what we've found is. Um, there were certain kind of like stylistic trends or themes or things that people pick up on in wine, mm. seasonal things, 
um, that we will go, hey, we've, we've, this wine people have really, really, really loved. Why don't we combine, do like a little promo thing with this wine and maybe something with the season or this kind of food or maybe another producer mm. or whatever um, and just kind of see where it takes us, find out find out the, the people that may like that, go to them direct and, and, and you know, see if it, if it works and, mm. and it, by not doing this kind of scattergun approach by targeting and personalizing and customizing it seems to seems to work and so I think there's a lot in that I want to learn more about um, our, the people our, our customers learn more about what it, what else makes them tick what kind of you know what are they thinking in terms of you know food fashion art film all that mm, you know mm. and, and and expanding into you know more lifestyle stuff you know but wine is just it's the thing we don't that a lot of people can't grasp about the wine industry is that it's it's so it is so huge in that I mean in New Zealand there's 700 plus mm. wine producers you know we're we're you know closing in on two billion export mm. um, value pl- and there's so much out there to learn and mm. every year it's changing and every mm. year there's there's it's just a constantly evolving industry. It's not like packets of biscuits. Yeah, yeah. Or, it's not a formula that works and no, stays that way. I was it's just thinking, just talk, this massively talking to dynamic. You has made me realise that, you know, obviously you're talking about Hawke's Bay and then there are other great mm. wine regions in New Zealand and obviously all around yeah, well, the world. But it's amazing that for all of those, the, so many places have managed to make a robust, you know, industry out of something that is ultimately so temperamental that's that's actually quite astounding isn't it it is really you know you gave that example that you got one shot at it every year and if you fuck it up that's that Mm. and and you have to go back to the bank and say can you tie this over until next time and it's amazing that there are so many like as I said robust um, industries built up around the world when the elements have the final say and that's the thing I think a lot of people you know this is what I try and get across in with with wine friend and certainly in Mm. my reviews and on tv and that kind of thing is that I think people assume consumers many consumers assume that if you're in the wine industry it's all um it's Mm. all you know holidays and Mm. range rovers and kids in private school and it's all very (laughs) glam and rah rah but wine producers are farmers Mm. You know, the farmers. Yes, there are a few people that have made a lot of money in the business, but there's a hundred thousand times more wow. that actually are just living week to week Getting like by. we are. Yeah. You know, and and they're farming. Having a good day and a bad day. Yeah. Well, this is it. This is our whole um, fascination with only hearing the stories of the mega successful and 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 therefore. Yeah, usually because they're the ones that can afford the advertising so, and the PR and the marketing yeah, yeah, and, the, yeah. you know, and so we hear all these stories about great and famous actors and they, mm. many of them are very good and same with the musicians but it's still the ones that you know yeah. have um, have had this level of mega success that's that's really why we're interested in them Not, yeah. you know in terms of the media industry being interested in them yeah. you know the, 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 uh, the famous and probably good looking and wealthy and whatever order of those things that's what's most important it doesn't mean there are other people that aren't doing those things in an honest way and achieving on some level but they just haven't got the haven't got the news haven't got that yeah 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 Yeah. and um i used to i one question i like to ask um you know wine producers when i'm interviewing them whether it's for an article whether it's Mm. for the first work or, or what have you is you know what what mistakes have you made 
you know, have you have, have you have there ever been any mm. monumental cock-ups? Mm. And you know, that's when the good stories come out. That's when, oh, actually, you know, I backed the forklift into a hundred thousand liter tank, and oh, you know, or yeah, yeah. Um, you must get all to get some stuff. real gems because yeah, the 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 accepted story, the PR story, is the, the rehearsed one. You know, yeah. becomes very boring, doesn't it? Yeah, you know, I mean, yeah. that's why I've, I've you know I say this probably every second episode, but that's really why I got into doing the podcast was to you know if, if this had been an article for my website I would have talked to you on the phone for 15 minutes oh, and yeah. you've done that and you've yep. done that for people and that totally. ser- you, you know and that serves a purpose yeah. but how cool is it to sit down and talk for an hour or so and let it go wherever it's going to go yeah. and you still get all you still get all the information from the person you get to feel like you get to know them a little bit yeah um and all of that but that's you know I, yeah. I did years of phone interviews doesn't mean I still won't do them but this is far more interesting. Yeah, it, it's, it, that's why I enjoy listening to podcasts, and, and I do. Mm. You know, and, and yours are, are great. And it's and they're, I like seeing where that, where that kind of, yeah, where the conversation goes, and it, there there is a kind of a plan to it. You start mm. out knowing what you want to achieve, but things like, um, you know, I was astounded to learn. You know, when the with the Kaikoura earthquake, when everyone's talking about, oh, you know, um, yes. Um, um, obviously, many homes destroyed and businesses mm. Mm. Um, just horribly affected, and, and the roads closed and the rail. And you know, it was all it was custard mm. on all, you know, on every level. And yet, there are wineries in Blenheim and in the surrounding area that you know they had tanks that were seriously damaged, whole whole winery floors and things cracked and massive. You know, the, the like the the dollar value of, of the damage that was done to wineries mm. it was immense we didn't really hear those stories no because wine is a is mm. a wine is a um, celebration story in New that's Zealand right. only isn't it yeah. again that's why we only hear from the top winemakers and the and hear about them and the whole glamour that's yeah. associated with yeah. it is because that's something New Zealand triumphs at you know yeah. like we don't you know it's it's like our all blacks and yep. and like the our boats the, and, and the two to three and, yeah. year um, cycles of where we actually hold our head high about cricket players. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and we forget about them again <laughs> for a while and don't cover oh, them. Oh, bless yeah. the cricket players. Well, they, you, know, they're, <laughs> you know they're great at the moment and they have been for a while. But when they're not again, we won't hear about. No, it. <laughs> no, exactly. Um, <laughs> what else do we? Do need? you like wine? Are you a wine drinker? Yeah, I, I, I do. I'm a, um, I'm a, I'm no expert at all. I do drink wine. I mostly drink red wine these yep. days. Okay. Um, Any particular kind of style of red? I reckon I like. <laughs> I just think about this. I, I reckon I'm occasionally such a stupid fucking contrarian that I think I really like Merlot, and yep. I think I like it because of the movie Sideways. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and the whole we're not drinking any fucking Merlot. Oh I my think, god! I, I almost feel like that's what got me into it. <laughs> I really. It I, got so many people into wine because yeah, it took yeah. the. Yeah, out of yeah. out of people who are wine obsessed and wine nerds, and it was lovely and it was refreshing mm. and it came at the right time. Mm. Not for Merlot producers, no. however, because well, I'm, they, do, I'm doing my best to yeah. help. <laughs> I, 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 you know, I think what it is is I love a really good Pinot Noir, yeah, but I can't afford a really good Pinot yeah. Noir most of the time. So yeah. 
I can find are pretty decent. And so I, I tend to like, I find them a bit thin. Yeah. And obviously the cheap ones are. Uh, and um, so I find something quite hearty in drinking Merlot. I don't yeah, really drink it. It's kind of rib-sticking and robust. Yeah, I like it in the winter. You know, yeah. I, don't, I don't drink a lot of wine in the summer when it's too hot. And I don't drink huge amounts of beer these days but when I do I like a good you know obviously Yeasty Boys yeah, yeah, Garage yeah. Project those sorts yep. of things Carrot Gold, something like that yeah absolutely and um and I have got quite into drinking bubbly again actually yeah. quite like that um white, I love bubbles white wine I've always had a bit of a problem with occasionally you know I, I really I don't I probably haven't trusted myself enough but I will like a really really nice Chardonnay yeah. You know, and and my dad's quite good with wine, so I he's my wine. Friend, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so I I trust him when he opens something, and he he'll say, "I know you don't really like white. Try this." Yeah, and he's usually and it will right. have something. He's for usually you. right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I do like it, but I'm probably more into whiskey these days. That's my that's my ah. drink. You know, and again, I'm quite unsnobby about that. I'll drink cheap blended whiskey, but yeah. I do love a really flash single malt. But that's that's so I interesting. I don't earn the. <laughs> I don't earn the required salary for that, no. so that's a that's a sort of duty free treat once a year. And that's the kind of thing, you know, whiskey you can open it and mm. um, and then close it and not touch it again mm. for whatever years I've, if I've, need be. I haven't learned that. I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't learned that. Whereas skill. wine, you <laughs> yeah. kind of need to once it's open, it's, mm. um, it, it's it's done and dusted. But it's it's funny, you know. People ask me all the time, you know, what's your cellar like? Mm. What's mm. your cellar like? You know, mm. they're wringing their hands and they're like, oh, you must have an mm. amazing collection of wines. It's like actually, I've got a couple of nice bottles and you know, and a cupboard under the sink or whatever. Mm. But I don't, you know, I'm. Just constantly tasting and being sent samples of new releases yeah, and moving yeah. through. Yeah. No one is sending me a bottle of wine so that I can sit on it and treat myself, you know, yeah. down the track. They mm. want to know what I think. Yeah, they right away. <laughs> right away. Yeah. And, um, so I, I, I mean, I was going to ask you, and I, obviously now I'm going to, but I was thinking, I've been holding off thinking how trite it is, but I was going to say, do you have particular favourite type of wine that is almost you and you personally mm. more than a go-to to offer out to people to suggest do you have a particular favorite but you'd be so well tasted and across things now that you would just try kind of, things yeah, for what kind they of depends. are yeah i just try you, things for what they are i don't there's no rhyme or reason i can do a cabernet one second mm. and on in a obviously different glass i'll, mm. I'll go viognier or I'll mm. go sauvignon blanc so there's no i can do that though because mm. i can mm. turn my palate on and off for things um yeah. but um and choosing wine a lot of it will be like okay what am i eating I'll just instantly choose that off the menu or that off the list. And um, but for me personally, it's like um, my favourite wine style is is champagne and really good method traditional. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, really good New Zealand bubbles is mm. just an absolute joy. And I think I'm mildly obsessed with with it because it's almost like the not the anti wine. But it's a wine style that is just so vastly different to your average Sauvignon, Chardonnay, Riesling, Merlot, whatever. Mm. Because it's not about when you're making, you know, a champagne style. It's not about capturing the fruit. Mm. You know, like with Sauvignon Blanc, you all, you want it to be lemon, lime, passion fruit. You know, Chardonnay, peaches, and all that stuff. Mm. Um, Merlot, you want it to be plummy and beautiful. With sparkling wine. It's not. It's about kind of the. You might get a little bit of a lemony 
note possibly a little bit of peach but it's more about you know this lovely yeast autolysis mm. and, and oaky notes and and texture you know that the, the way that the um that it that the bubbles feel and, and and the acidity and the the lovely smells of like rising dough and biscuity notes and mm. all of that that's so different to still you know our normal mm. perception of, mm. of wine i just mm. i just love it mm. you know because it's so interesting and it's a blend you know it's not very often you get a wine from a single year it's like it's a parcel of this you know chardonnay or pinot from 30 years ago mm. a couple of mils of that a couple of mils of this from mm. three years ago two years ago last year's harvest mm. to create a, a like a, a recipe mm. for this particular wine this brand that has to you know last every mm. every year people expect that style that's the way you do it and i love that i love that there's wine that's kept from years back and then blended into this brand new offering that mm. comes out and it's yeah i'm fascinated by it doesn't sound like you're gonna um lose your passion for it anytime soon hope not <laughs> yeah, well, yeah i don't imagine you can uh, i wish i'd insured my, my passion for music no i wish i'd insured my passion for music no. years ago but probably would have only got about 20 bucks <laughs> but it's um you know no it's nice it's been nice talking to, to you yes, about all of this stuff and i feel like we could do another whole podcast about music we've yeah. barely touched on that we might leave that for another time <laughs> but um is there anything you hoped i'd ask or that you want to put across in closing i mean i'm cool. gonna when i when i post this we're gonna include links to wine, to wine and all of that stuff so that's the plug but if you want to go out on the big plug you're, you're welcome to <laughs> I just, you know, I would just love, um, I love choosing wine for for people, for their individual palates. You know, mm. I love, I love matching people with a great wine. I love the spark that goes off. I love that. Mm. I I feel like it's like, yay, job done, and I want to do that more often. And I I would like people to if they're struggling to kind of break out of their kind of boring old same old same mm. old then just put put your trust in me sign up and let me go and hunt away for those gems for you mm. and we'll just see what happens mm. it'll be really fun mm. it's kind of it really yeah that's perfect <laughs> I'm praying for rain in California so the grapes can grow and they can make more wine and I'm sitting in a honky in Chicago With a broken heart and a woman on my mind I match the man behind the bar for the jukebox And the music takes me back to Tennessee Who's a fool in the corner crying? I say, a little old wine drink of me. <laughs>